Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. I'm very excited to introduce you to Karen Manning, who is co-founder and CEO of a company called Exi, which is actually an app alongside a number of other things that provides exercise prescription for everybody, to be honest. Um, But particularly what we're going to be talking about today is those with underlying chronic conditions or special conditions and also the sedentary. I'd like to think that everybody with joining us today has a pretty good handle on exercise prescription for the general public and for um, sporting athletes. But um, really, we're going to be talking about those that we probably don't get as much access to as we would like to and as we should. So, um, Karen, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited about this initiative that you and your partner have created. Um, But let me hand it to you. Could you just please tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, a little bit more about ECSI and why? Where did this idea come from, which is just brilliant? No, thanks, Jane. Um, Thanks for inviting us. But um, yes, I I am a physio by background and I've been a physio for about 20 years. And my background is, you know, across the health service and professional sport. So I'm very used to... um, looking at data um, and using data to um, both analyze a person but also to then prescribe um, physical activity based on that data. So ECSI came from a little bit of that, so my background, um, but also just the fact that um, our patients weren't getting um, physical activity prescriptions when they were coming through primary care, um, but they were getting a full list of um, drugs for their high blood pressure or their diabetes or their heart disease. Um, but we know, and, and everyone knows, that uh, exercise should be used uh, to both help manage conditions and certainly to be used to prevent things like high blood pressure um, and diabetes. The evidence is very, very strong. And in fact, medical bodies know this, but doctors just don't have the time to sit there and write these prescriptions out. So, uh, yeah, so we realised that there was a real clinical need for this. So we decided to do something about it and we wanted to do something that was completely automated, um, that could be scalable to to everybody. Um, And so we did it. So we developed, um, it it was called I Prescribe Exercise and now it's called XE. But what it does, it analyses that user's health, um, resting heart rate, their current fitness level, a number of different metrics, actually. And then um, it prescribes a graduated but personalized exercise program for that person which is set at the right intensity level for them Um, and over 12 weeks it gradually increases in time intensity and frequency um, until the person is meeting the recommended level of activity um, set by the department of health so you know we're trying to aim to get everyone up to that level where they're meeting five lots of 30 minutes at moderate intensity um, or three lots of 25 minutes at high intensity but with all of the guidelines built into all of the rules that we know in medicine, um, you know, built into the program. So, for example, for someone with diabetes or um, uh, cardiac disease, um, you know, we restrict them to low to moderate, moderate intensity only because that's what the medical guidelines say we should. Um, 
and we have rules built in you know if someone's resting heart rate's too high or their blood pressure's too high or things like that you know that's all built into the program as well so essentially it's a really automated program it's a very very simple output it's just uh you know a 12-week graduated program um but people can use it with that knowledge that you know it's very safe yeah and just, I mean, there's so many questions going through my head right now, um, and I'll, I'll try and bring it back to one just right now that sort of sprung to my mind. It's a 12-week program. What happens to them at the end of the 12 weeks? Is there, are they then, do they then have somewhere else to go? Is there a recommendation for them? Um, are we, in 12 weeks, are we able to get people to that level you want to get them to? How do you, how do you manage that? Yes, yeah, so the program continues indefinitely after 12 weeks. So, but by 12 weeks, we're hoping to get people to that point. So actually at the moment, if a doctor does say, you know, you should be moving, you should be getting active, they'll say something like, you know, you should be trying to move um, on five days a week at least for 30 minutes. So we actually give people 12 weeks to get to that point. Okay, and that's how we work in clinical practice. We never say to somebody, right, go out and run a marathon. We'll say, okay, on week one, you're going to do, five miles for example three times a week you know and we gradually build them up and this is what the app is based on and this is what you know fitness professionals do as well yeah um so yeah uh, uh people can uh pause and restart if they need to if they're if they're finding it is going too too quickly um but yeah generally 12 weeks is a really really good length of time we know this from the research you know it it can take 12 weeks to build up um cardiovascular fitness it can build take that long to build up strength um, so yeah, this is all based on research and science. And the psychological commitment as well. I mean, I hope, yeah. you hope that after 12 weeks it's become a habit. So, you know, it's part of their lifestyle, which as we know, it's, it has to be part of their lifestyle if they're going to continue it. So that makes sense. Yeah, but, but at the end of absolutely. the 12 weeks, there is, there is somewhere else for them to go. So they just, they just continue on. Yeah, it, it continues indefinitely. And we'll be building in extra challenges, actually, just to maintain the uh, interest engagement. You know, yeah. we know from physical activity that uh, it's it's very hard to continue. Um, so we are building extra features into the app just to try and maintain that level of engagement. Um, but yeah, like you said, hopefully by 12 weeks, um, they have built these habits. Um, mm -hmm. And our, our programs are, um, you know, we're trying to change the concept of exercise and fitness because I think a lot of um the media the fitness industry as well will, will present images of high intensity exercise as being yeah. your ultimate end goal yeah. um, but we're saying actually you don't need to get to that point moderate intensity yeah. will provide all of the health benefits that we need um and, and moderate intensity like a brisk walk for example um is more achievable and psychologically more achievable as well so we find that people are more likely to continue to exercise if something feels achievable um yeah. so Makes complete sense. And I mean, I think anyone in the fitness industry knows what we are guilty of is actually making our industry quite daunting. Um, yeah. You know, we see we see beautiful bodies everywhere. Um, yeah. And, you know, for many people, they feel that they have to get to, to look like that before they can even, you know, enter a gym. So we're not actually getting it right. So, um, yeah, I, I completely get where, you, where you're coming from and it makes complete sense. Another question, though, that popped into my head is you were saying how... And as we know, the you know GPs will, someone will present with a problem, and the first thing that they are likely to do is to prescribe a drug for that. Yet, as we know, um, exercise in many situations is the best drug of all. Why why aren't GPs prescribing exercise um, as a as a key factor for helping pop people with these problems or even helping to reverse them? Why don't they 
Why don't they go down that route? Why do we have this disconnect? Uh, I think there's two key reasons, actually. I think um, they don't have training in, in exercise. You know, we can't really be expecting doctors to be uh, um, experts in everything. Um, so they don't have the training. And we know from, their, from, from medical schools, actually, that they don't actually have that training at all in physical activity. Um, the second huge reason is that they are so overworked. You know, they don't have time to be sitting down. Um, they may have five minutes at the most with each patient. Yeah. Um, so they don't necessarily have the time to be planning out a program for, you know, 12 weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there are, you know, these are big, big factors. Um, the, uh, the Royal College of GPs recognises exercise as a really important thing. You know, the National Institute of Clinical Excellence um, recommends exercise at that point of care. So they, they, they are recommending that doctors uh, do prescribe activity. But as you said, there is there does seem to be a disconnect with what is actually happening um, at primary care level. Um, so, uh, but to be honest with you, I don't think there's any excuse now, you know, with, with technology. Technology mm. allows us to produce things like what we've done, um, an automated program which doesn't need a doctor or any healthcare professional to intervene. All of the information is built in. Um, so there is no excuse now, you know, we, we can't ignore this anymore. And the problem of chronic disease is getting worse. So diabetes yeah. levels are getting worse. So heart disease is getting worse. Yeah. The costs are phenomenal. It's, yeah. It takes up about 70% of the NHS's annual budget, you know, the, the management of people with chronic diseases. And most of that is, is spent on drugs, um, on inpatient stays because of complications, um, on primary care visits, consultant visits. Um, the, the impact that we can have if, if, if these patients are managed in a different way is phenomenal. We can reverse diabetes, we can reverse hypertension, you know, we can do so much um, and it, it really needs to be done. And the NHS will be really struggling in a few years if we continue as we currently are. All this great work that you're doing, um, is, the, is the NHS, are the GPs aware of your app? You know, is it, is it out there? Are they using it regularly, referring to it? So we are um, published on the NHS Apps Library, um, so which is, is quite a coveted position for a, um, uh, an app developer. Um, so they've only accepted about 95 um, health-focused apps out of however tens yeah. of thousands of apps that are out there. Um, which so it was a big process to get onto this apps library, um, and they have you know robustly tested all of our uh, processes. Um, so yeah, which is which is really good. So we are um, recommended now for use across the NHS, um, and you know with the with the coronavirus, um, many uh, healthcare practices have switched to digital, um, which which is good from our point of view, obviously, but. Um, but still, I mean, there are still lots of uh, healthcare professionals desperately trying to, to hang on to um, old ways of working, calling patients up, writing exercise programs down, you know, um, doing all types of other things. Um, so from a digital perspective and, and using apps in the NHS, I think um, the building blocks are there. I think it will get better, um, but it can certainly, you know, they can certainly do more. Sure. And you're, you're completely right. I mean, the last few months has identified the vulnerability of people with underlying chronic conditions and, and the sedentary. Um, yeah. And even in our industry, we have become very much aware um, of how we need to do more to, you know, to help these people because, 
you know, they've had a terrible time with COVID. Um, how has that affected, you know, your involvement, you know, with, with the app, with, with this market? Yeah, hugely. I mean, before COVID, um, chronic diseases were the biggest burden for our health service by a long, long way. Um, since COVID, um, so obviously coronavirus now is, is causing um, the biggest concern around the world in terms of healthcare, but you know, you are mostly, the, it's, it's mostly the people with the chronic conditions who suffer the worst outcomes from COVID. Yeah. So it's actually highlighted the yeah. issue again of um, how important it is that we look after our own health. Um, we're getting loads and loads of data out from COVID now, you know, um, now that we're so many months in and we're, we're finding that um, obviously people with obesity um, tend to suffer the worst outcomes. Um, we know that people with diabetes and heart disease um, are more likely to be you know um, ventilated on ITU um, you know it's it's really really scary um, what is happening to, to people um, so it, it it does seem that being physically active and being physically fit increases your robustness almost you know if you do catch COVID it does not stop you from getting COVID in the first place but you're more likely to um, come out of the other side with a much better outcome. Um, and we know this, the, this data is really, really strong for this as well. So um, yeah, hopefully hopefully, the, the, a positive outcome from this awful situation will be that people are more aware of their current situation. Um, with, with chronic diseases, it's, um, and, and people who are sedentary, you often don't realize what will happen to you in 10 years time. You know, people who work in, in health, no, because we're the ones who see people who've had a stroke or who've had to have their, you know, I don't mean to be too scary, but, you know, people who've had their leg amputated because, because of diabetes or because, you know, they've had a heart attack. Um, whereas you don't associate that if you feel fine at the time, you know, yeah. um, whereas COVID is bringing this, you know, right in front of our eyes, you know, yeah. you know, it's obvious yeah. now. So we have to do something about it. And if we get struck down by this thing again or another virus in the future you know we're going to suffer exactly the same thing so we have to learn lessons from this now physical fitness physical activity is so important um yeah so yeah it's 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 been an eye-opener it certainly has um where does the fitness professional fit into um all of this i mean as, as we said sort of a, in the intro as far as um, writing exercise programs for the general population and the, those that are, you know, have a, have a general level of fitness is, is no problem at all. Um, but how can, they, how can they either use the app or how can they support the app? How could the app benefit them? How could they fit into this? So we get the best um, results when we work with um, health and fitness professionals. Um, and it's probably from a motivational point of view. So, you know, if you feel like somebody's watching over you, you're more likely to do it, it's, you know. Um, so we have um, a data portal. So uh, with healthcare professionals and fitness professionals, we can provide um, access to, it's a very simple web-based system. So they can see their clients or their patients' um, data in real time. So they can see exactly how much activity that they've done, you know, how many steps they've done, how many 
uh, exercise intensity minutes they've been doing, they can also see health outcome data. So um, we, we track data or the app tracks data on a weekly basis. So we're looking at things like resting heart rate, abdominal circumference, BMI, um, blood pressure if, if the person can, but also things like um, blood sugars, uh, pain levels, joint stiffness, um, fatigue scores, you know, it's, it's all personalized to that user. Um, so the, the healthcare or fitness professional can see exactly the effect um, that the exercise is having on that person. Yeah, okay. And, and so what is your ultimate goal? What, what, where do you want to see XC in two years time or five years time? So my my ultimate goal is 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 to change healthcare delivery. Um, is to is to open up the entire fitness industry um, and bring healthcare in that direction. Um, we want to see uh, exercise prescription um, to be delivered at the point of care. So, you know, when a when a when a person sees their doctor, um, it should be on the table and it should be given the same level of significance as their drug for hypertension. I'm a physio, you know, I'm not saying that drugs are bad. We see the value of, of medication, you know, um, this is not a complete alternative um, delivery. This is, this is sitting alongside it, you know, this, this is as important. At the moment, exercise doesn't, is not given any level of importance. It's seen as yeah. like a nice to have. It's seen as like a leisure activity. It's not, it's how our bodies are designed to work. We're designed to slightly step up our intensity level to get all of the physiological benefits that we know that exercise delivers. This is not just exercise. This is, um, this is essential for, you know, for our bodies to be maintained as they should be. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we 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 want to do, and we won't stop until um, into, until we get there. Actually, until healthcare delivery is changed, then the fitness industry can do that. You know, they can do that. They can they can take patients, people. You know, they can take people and manage them. You know, um, and either prevent all of these things from happening, or certainly help people to manage their conditions and improve their situation in a far better way than any drug can do. I couldn't agree more. And I think every single person listening to this would, would agree with that. Um, Karen, thank you so much for your time. We absolutely wish you total success with this. Um, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a great initiative and, um, and I'm sure, um, you know, everybody um, part of this today will, will appreciate it and we'll check it out and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get you to your ultimate goal. So um, congratulations and thank you and we wish you well. Thanks so much. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.